The vicious voices of the right are out in full force, and it's time for us to get up and organize against the heartless attacks on our civil rights. Start your morning diving into the headlines and issues that matter to our everyday lives, speaking with changemakers and hearing from you, our listeners. Hear your host, Zerlina Maxwell, break down the top news, push for solutions from officials who represent us, and call out the misinformation and hypocrisy that surrounds us, plus the engaging stories that keep you energized. Get your morning boost of politics, culture, and everything you need to start your day. It's always darkest before the dawn, but the dawn is here. Shining a light on the ruthless forces across the aisle and rising for a brighter future for all of us. This is Mornings with Zerlina. Welcome to Mornings with Zerlina. I'm Zerlina Maxwell joining us to talk about Beyonce and her new album Renaissance. And all of the history that went into it is Samina Mukhopadhyay. She's a former executive editor of Teen Vogue and also the author of several books, one of which is a book I have an essay in, Nasty Women. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Morning. Hi. <laughs> so, okay. So we're going to have a, a feminist, a high level feminist conversation about Beyonce. And maybe people have never heard that before. Maybe people are like, what? You're going to do what? And I'm like, yes, we're going to do it. And here's the thing. I need to credit Melissa Harris Perry, Professor Dr. Melissa Harris Perry, um, because I actually... I'm not a Beyonce fan going back to like, I was a Destiny's Child fan with the original four, right? And then they like changed the lineup and I was like, eh, what's going on? Um, and um, and I liked Beyonce. I thought her music was great. I think, I think she's an amazing performer. Like I love dancing. Like I, so like there is no shade here. Don't come for me. Um, but I did not understand sort of any deeper level. I was like, okay, I listen to Beyonce like when I'm working out. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't mm-hmm. the same thing as, as as some other folks. This album is different for me. And obviously, like, her last few albums have sort of, she's been evolving into um, an artist with a capital A making music with a capital M that really is different from even just the popular number one hits that she was putting out that made her into Beyonce. Um, when you think about Renaissance... In the context of the history of dance music, what mm-hmm. what are some of your first thoughts? Like when you press play on it mm-hmm. and you just listened um, and, and sort of allowed it to sort of do the thing that it does to your body, which you can't really describe until you listen to it in headphones. Um, you know, what are some of the things and even sort of musical um, influences you heard um, as it relates to dance music? Yeah. You know, I think when you kind of uh, sit down to listen to a Beyonce album, you're expecting accessible pop music, right? And I think a lot of dance music is very situational, right? When you put Mm. it on, it doesn't always make sense. When you're at the club, it makes sense. But maybe when you're listening to it at home, it doesn't always make sense. And when I put the new, when I put Renaissance on, I, I, I had kind of expected some dance music because I think um, the single was, you know, obviously a throwback to 90s kind of epic gay house, mm-hmm. gay black house. Um, and so I was expecting it, but I just didn't know how much she would go there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then to actually hear the album and it's not easy, right? Like you don't put it on and you're like, oh my God, this is a bop. Like it takes right. a moment because it is a different type of musical experience which you know I mean 
I agree with what you're saying. I think she just keeps going deeper and deeper into, I think in a lot of ways, the lineage of pop music, right? Mm -hmm. Pop music comes out of dance floor music. It comes out of black clubs, queer clubs, ballroom, voguing. Um, and she references all of that. And and in a way that it almost feels in some ways like a mood board of what's mm -hmm. to come. And, 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 and this is why I think she's so profound because even if you don't, like the music on this like say you're more of a pop you know pop song fan which a lot of people are um she's pushing the listener to a new place where she's not giving you an easy hook she's mm -hmm. she's she's making you kind of work for the the break right <laughs> to work mm -hmm. for when you know when she's like okay dj drop the beat like some some of the build-ups are really intense and i think that that's you know that is a new kind of direction for her and and it's 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 almost intellectual in some ways, right? No, it, but it's totally, right. which is why I was like, we need to do a segment about it. Like, it's yeah. not just like Beyonce has an album and like, ooh, that was a bop. Like you said, like, no, there's something else going on that's on another level here. Um, and I like what you said about sort of, you know, there's moments where you sort of take a breath because this is why I said you need to put it in headphones and you need to press play and you need to not shuffle it. It is in order. She put it in order. It is a DJ set. It's yes. a DJ set. If you listen to it, it is a set. <laughs> I can't wait to see what actual DJs do with this album in terms of creating their own sets and mixing and all of that art, new art, beautiful art that's going to be created. But can you speak to this idea that in a moment like this, we kind of do all need a DJ set. We started the pandemic maybe what the third or fourth day of the of sort of lockdown when california was locked down new york was locked down and i got a text from a friend hey d nice went live on instagram he's djing and i was like okay i don't know what that means but i'll go look it out check it out this is when i still had instagram and so i pull it up and he's djing and i was like oh this is this is good put it on the speaker next day michelle obama's watching d nice on instagram oh okay so like a lot of people are into this um do you feel like, especially in this moment, the moment of the generation that needed club quarantine to stay sane at the beginning of the pandemic when we thought it was only going to be a couple weeks? Remember that naive moment? Mm -hmm. um, that at this moment, we need something that is a dance record, right? Like, something that makes us move around. Absolutely. And when you think about club culture, right, you think about people that are coming from diverse experiences, often maybe their day-to-day -day lives are painful. Maybe mm -hmm. they're running away from something, they're overcoming something. Um, usually people are high, right? Like they're on some kind of substance. And it is it can sometimes be a really frenetic and discombobulated energy. And what a DJ does is, right, they're basically like a, a preacher, right? They, mm -hmm. they we, we witness their, you know, we stand at their altar of their greatness. And, you know, even the way that often clubs are designed, you have the DJ on a pedestal that's standing yep. above you, almost look like an angel. And they use music to bring together this very varied, discombobulated energy that's happening in the group around them. And 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 often, you know, my friends and I used to joke, like we'd be like, we need to, like we had a bad week. We need to go dance it out on the dance mm -hmm. floor, right? And I think we've had a lot of bad weeks in the last couple of years. I mean, it's one bad week after another, right? But I also think that 
right now is not a time for easy narratives. Right now is not a time to just tie something up in a bow and give you a perfect little album and a perfect little song. We are messy right now. We are confused. We don't really know where things are going. And she's almost putting like a little warm blanket around us and saying, let's just groove together and we'll figure out the rest later. And, and I think that really is the essence of club music. And that's what's so beautiful about the album is that like if she just made statements right now, anyone who's making statements right now, it's not landing because we right. are like, no, nothing is good enough. None of this is good enough. Actually, what we need, we need to dance. We need to dream. We need to think. We need to expand our minds right now because we are sitting at the precipice of like the end of times. So Right. <laughs> you know, like it is sort of like the apocalypse happening outside. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we did need, we need, we did need, I mean, you know, bops just didn't feel like sufficient for what we needed in this particular moment. I need more than a bop. I need, I mean, the, the reason why like in this weird quarantine pandemic years um why like you know this like i've sort of like gone into my k-pop sort of rabbit hole is because it's the music is experimental they're it's like the one one area of music because it's all genres mixed so it's just experimental music and so that and and i needed something that wasn't just a bop that wasn't just a bop that like is interesting that is like evoking things in my body and like in my brain maybe getting my neurons firing um you mentioned some things about the club culture that i want to dig drill down so we played alien superstar uh you know as your walk on music um earlier in the show we played move um which i actually still can't get over like i'm actually not maybe ever going to get over the fact that she featured grace jones on a song um but can you speak to the intentional place placement and and sort of incorporation not just of like dance club culture but queer culture and ballroom culture and the fact that you know there i saw i saw a tiktok and i don't know if this is true but in the song cozy when she is or yeah it's in the song cozy where she's listing out all the colors in one Mm -hmm. of the songs she's listing out all the colors and it is the colors of the the um pride flag and the trans flag combined is like mm-hmm. all she it goes in order like somebody did a video and i was like yo this is real like that she blew my mind just then so talk about the influences of ballroom culture and queer culture that are infused in the album that make it really different than anything we've ever heard from her yeah um i mean i also think that she to me, that is a reflection of not just maybe criticism that she's received for not being vocal enough in her support of queer culture, um, and also a recognition that so much of pop music and the music that she's made it is rooted in kind of queer club culture. And even, you know, in the liner notes of the album, talking about her uncle and the role that he played, Mm -hmm. you know, in her kind of self-identification and finding her voice and, you know, kind of the, the role that he played in raising her and watching, you know, this beautiful person also, you know, lose his life to a disease that was ignored because of homophobia in our society and structural 
homophobia and structural racism, I think was just such a powerful testament to the through line that we've kind of seen in all of her music where she has, um, you know, always referenced, I think, Black art and Black gay art, um, but she's never done it this explicitly. Mm -hmm. And I think what's especially powerful about this is that she's from Texas, which is the mm -hmm. battleground of, you know, I think a lot of the anti-trans legislation, obviously anti-choice legislation. And she has never explicitly made comments about these things. But to me, putting an album out like this in this moment where there is such a war on our gender expression, mm -hmm. whether that be the fight for reproductive right against reproductive rights or the fight to deny trans youth their right to live is a very powerful statement. And yeah. it's, you know, entering our cultural fabric. She's pulling, she's pulling out, you know, she's taking the wool off of our eyes. She's like our entire culture is rooted in black gay club culture and there that's true and 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 even you know the way that she takes you through the generations of different kind of black queer club music and you know going from voguing to the kind of 90s um you know like just uh, C, uh, CNC Music Factory and mm -hmm. all of these kind of yep. great references that I think were so iconic and important um, and then it's like also worth noting that when you look at kind of the history of club culture, a lot of the kind of most concentrated moments happened in moments of industrial decline, right? Like when you look at Detroit's rise of techno music, like that happened as jobs were leaving Detroit and you had these empty warehouses that kids started to throw parties in. And so it was innovation that came out of pain. And I do think that her album kind of, it falls into that lineage. This is so fun. <laughs> I'm having a great time because because you know and this is why I wanted to have you I mean I I full disclosure Samita is my best friend my real best friend in fact her and Jess fight sometimes not real fight they like have a fun <laughs> argument about who is really my partner in feminism um because and and you're like um excuse me like whatever whatever Jess is like I'm her partner in feminism you're like um excuse me um we go OG back to feministing days um <laughs> but but I'm I'm this is fun for me because it takes something that is accessible even though you you mentioned that some of the music is you know on a sort of intellectual level pulling from all these influences you know Beyonce herself is accessible people are going to buy it because it's a Beyonce album it's, it's a similar thing to when she put out the self-titled album and we all first listened to um the song where she defines feminist right um mm -hmm. and we we were all like oh my god something's happening where people are going to now look into feminism and be like what's intersectional feminism oh what interesting and they're going to keep going and then they're going to start thinking and talking about these issues do you do you see sort of this album and again i think it's going to be part of a three-part thing like this is the first one in a series um and I don't know what's coming next, but I do think that she put this out without a visual component because she wanted us to do this. She wanted us to put it in headphones and actually sit and marinate on it and, you know, do what our bodies felt like doing when we hear the sounds and the beats. Um, do you think that people are missing the point? Do you think people are missing our point? Yeah, I mean, she definitely gave us homework. Right. Uh, she, she was like, she was like, sit down, children, and listen, you know. And we're like, yes, Mother Bay, like, we listen, we listen. Yes. Um, you know, and, and, you know, she's a Virgo, as she talks about on the album. And so is my you know. dad. You know, it's so funny. My, so I joked earlier about my dad. 
um, you know, I sent him the album immediately because he's somebody who um, followed Earth, Wind and Fire on tour. Like, that's who he is, right? He grew up in the 70s. He had a giant afro, smoked wheat. Uh, he should, I shouldn't tell everybody that. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's the 70s, whatever. So he's, he's following Earth, Wind, and Fire on tour. He wasn't just standing there. He was, you know, he was getting it in. So so he loves, he, Virgo's, my dad is a Virgo. Yeah. So when I press play on Virgo's group, I was like, this song, this song is almost like made for my dad. The beat, the, the, the jazz influences, all of that, that is straight, like, it's from my dad's playlist. It's almost like the sample is on my dad's playlist. Like, and I was like, oh my goodness, she's pulling from influences so that, like, there can be a cross-generational conversation about it, too. Absolutely. And that. it's so funny. Z, we've never talked about this because my mom is also a Virgo. <gasps> um, yeah. <laughs> Which makes so much sense now. It makes so much sense. <laughs> uh, but I do think, you know, I mean, also the self-referential nature of it is to me very profound because I know in one of our group texts, you and another friend of ours was talking about how this really felt like pulling out records from your parents' record collection. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is a lot of 90s club music was referencing 70s dance music, right? And disco and stuff like that. So it's like referencing generation to generation. And this is the newest kind of manifestation of it where she brings together, which she always does so artfully, where she brings together um, you know, historically also iconography and, and visual imagery from different generations and forces it to, us to confront it in these really profound ways. And so I do think that people are having a hard time with the album, right? Like you're not seeing it playing out like the way that I think the self-titled album or even Lemonade, where people were constantly writing about it and constantly sharing images and gifts. This album is not easy in that way, right? This album mm -hmm. is much more of a personal experience and a personal journey. Um, you know, I love that. Um, and 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 I think that that's you know, and and I think it, it'll be curious to see if she kind of goes in that direction where it's like this is the personal, the next is more external, and like the final is like the grand finale. <laughs> <It's> like the <laughs> grand finale, grand finale where we all go to. I mean, here's the thing: like the first thing I thought, you know, when I first listened to it in headphones, I was like, I can't wait to. I don't, I'm, I'm 40. Like, I'm not going to a club. That's not, I, you know, like my club days are over. You know, like I, I was somebody who was out every single day in my twenties. I lived in New York city. I was, I was in the streets. Okay. Like I was out. There are pictures that will never be found ever on the internet I because them, I've, but I you, you have them, but I've hit them. <laughs> I was out here. Right. And so I love that. I love dancing, all that. But there was a point where I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, the, they're playing the same songs in the same order. It's, I'm bored. And, um, you know, for the past five years, like, this is the same the same party with the same people. But this album makes me want to go to a party. This album wants makes me want to gather with others and share the joy that I'm feeling personally when I listen to it in headphones. I think, like, it's like initially she wants you to sort of have that experience the songs and the lyrics mean what they mean to you personally. And then when it's safe, we can all go out to a party and I cannot wait to see what DJs do with it, including D nice. Like I, the first thought I had was like, I can't wait till D nice has his first Renaissance party. Nobody's going to be able to get into it, but um, <laughs> it's going to be, the line is going to be really annoying, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's going to be, um, it'll probably be like a spiritual experience. And, and the imagery of sort of the DJ up on the, the pedestal, almost like a church with the congregation, that image in people's minds is so powerful. Um, we have one more minute. What is your favorite? Is it, can you pick a favorite song on the album? Is it, can you do that? Um, I mean, I think 
Yeah, I, it, it's hard. I think I love Alien Superstar, obviously. that mm -hmm. That's probably my favorite al song. But I also like um, some of the tracks that a lot of people haven't been loving, which is um, the, oh God, um, the something off the sofa. <laughs> oh, plastic off the sofa. That, yeah. There is a run in that song. There is a, yeah. a part in that song where she does a run, you know, singing, you know, you go up and down, up and down. And um, for people who don't know music terms, I'm sure you do. But like, there's a run in that song that people are on TikTok trying to recreate it. It's so crazy. She was yeah. like, let me just remind y'all that I can really sing here. I'm Beyonce. <laughs> just, I'm going to yeah. sing all the notes on the piano just right now. It was like, up, down, up, down. Up. I was like, the only person that can actually mimic it, the only person that did it justice is JoJo. Only person um, on TikTok. Definitely find people trying to trying to copy that plastic on the sofa riff. It's not going well for some people. Samita, yeah. thank you so much for being here. That was fast. <laughs> I, I, I have 10 more questions. Um, <laughs> Samita Mukabadai, um, former executive editor of Feministing, author of the book, um, well, co-editor of another book I didn't even mention in the intro, which is Nasty Woman, Feminism, Resistance, and Revolution in Trump's America, which feels like a relevant title to mention today. Um, but also author of Outdated Why Dating is Ruining Your Love Life, a book that I love and highly recommend to everyone. Um, it's great to, great to have you on. Please, please so just to come back and talk to me anytime. We talk uh, every yeah. day, but like, you know, we can talk on the radio more. It's good too. to take the couch, uh, to take the couch convo public. <laughs> Absolutely right. Um, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Zerlina. Check in for new episodes every weekday.